Good morning. It's good to see everybody that's here this morning. Glad to have you with us uh, there online, whether you're on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube. Be sure to heart, to like, to share, to subscribe. Uh, do all those things necessary there. It just helps to get the word out uh, even more. Each time you do that, uh, it just goes into all their algorithms and things they do to help us get the word out uh, more about our services. And we have people that are watching uh, from all over the place. So I encourage you to take the time uh, to do that. Even if you're here this morning, even if you just do the check-in, uh, that helps also. Uh, also want to welcome those who are on our phone live streaming. If you need that phone number, uh, see me after service. I'll be glad to give that to you. If you need it at home for someone, uh, call us at the church office. We'll be glad uh, to give that to you. If you have the opportunity there and the ability on, online to go to our church website, if you'd go to highlandbaptistchurch.com, it's under the info tab. You can download today's worship bulletin. If you didn't get one of these in person, I'd encourage you to get one. Our ushers will be glad to give you one. You can go to the doors, at any one of the doors, and grab one. Uh, there's a lot of upcoming events that are in there, but you can download it there under the info tab at highlandbaptistchurch.com. You can also download the children's worship bulletins there in the windowsill to my right if you need those. Uh, we want to encourage you if you're uh, visitors here this morning and you want to send your children uh, to Children's Church, if you would just sign up uh, on the sheet back here in the hallway as you bring your kids uh, to Children's Church this morning. Uh, that way we can have some security there when you pick up your children to make sure uh, somebody's picking up the right children. So you can't give your children away. <laughs> so. <laughs> So I also encourage you to download the prayer list there. There's a lot of people uh, that we want to encourage you to be praying for. Uh, so be sure to get that downloaded. If you need that in person, they're on the table across from the offices uh, there in the hallway. So be sure to grab that. But just want to say welcome again. If you are one of our guests, uh, we want to encourage you to pick up one of these bags on either side of the stage, uh, the, the bags with the handles on them. Uh, those, the bigger bags, those are some, our guest bags. We just want to encourage you uh, with some gifts in it as well as some information about our church. And if you know of any children or you're a child here and want to uh, pick up one of the other plastic bags, uh, be sure to do that too. It's got some little gifts in it. You can give those things to your friends. Uh, it's got a card in it about Vacation Bible School to encourage them uh, to pre-enroll for Vacation Bible School. Uh, so be sure to pick up one of those if you want to give them to some of your kids in your neighborhood. Uh, be sure to pick up several of those and take those around and give those uh, to those families. So uh, thank you and glad to see you this morning for the mic. Good to have you back this morning. <laughs> it's good to be back. Today's song uh, is probably not familiar to you a lot, but we're going to learn it together. Uh, I've heard it all my life, but uh, freely, freely. Why don't you stand and join us and sing this song, and we'll sing through the tree pollen, if you'll grant me that opportunity. <clears throat>
Amen. As we come to our missionary moment, uh, our missionary of the week is Molly Petrie, who is serving with the Central Asian people. Uh, they're helping to plant some churches. Uh, the work has been hard. The work has been difficult. So we want to encourage you to be praying for her and for her ministry team there uh, that is seeking to start and to plant churches there uh, in that region where she is serving in Central Asia. Uh, but we also want to continue to remind you to be praying uh, about giving towards the Annie Armstrong uh, Easter offering. Uh, we we still are nowhere near reaching our goal, so I want to encourage you to be praying about uh, giving towards that specific offering. And so we wanted to share with you again once more this morning one of our missionary stories by way of video. So prayerfully watch this story. There is nowhere on earth quite like Ridgewood. Ridgewood is a neighborhood that really, I think, holds the heartbeat of the city. You had Albanians, Polish, Nepali, Egyptians, and you have Romanians. I served a Romanian church in Romania. When we got the call to move here, this church was in trouble. This church was planted some 25 years ago, and it was planted out of a genuine desire to reach out to Romanians for Christ. But as time progressed, Romanians would not come here as much from their home country. Once that's not happening anymore, then you're most likely gonna close that church. Uh, I started praying and asking the Lord for a vision. And as I was praying, the gospel came in full focus. The gospel is for everybody. And we are in the midst of all nations. So in 2019, we restarted as an entirely new church for all nations. So we started serving our neighborhood. We started a food pantry and served 300 plus people every week. And as soon as we restarted, people started showing up to church. The church now is really a sample of the neighborhood. We live in a day and age where people are separated by their races, ethnicities, but God has taken this church and made it something new. And I'm telling you, it's just, every time I step into this church, I'm just blown away to see all these people from the neighborhood, our neighbors coming in and just joyfully worshiping. It's just a thing to see. you to be praying for our missions work there, but praying also about giving to that special uh, offering. You'll notice in your bulletins uh, that we have a, our goal of 8,000. So far to date, we have received 3,361. So I encourage you to be praying about giving towards that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for uh, people like Molly Petrie, as well as uh, the ministry there in Ridgeland, New York. Uh, Father, we just pray that all of our missionaries will uh, be blessed in a special way, especially today as they are gathering to worship in all of their respective places of worship across this nation, across North America, and around the world. And so we just ask God for you to continue to bless them, continue to call more missionaries to be able to go uh, to those places who still need to hear the gospel. And Father, we pray that you will bless us that we might be a blessing to others. So thank you, Lord, for what you have done thus far and what you are yet to do uh, in the days 
ahead through the mission work of our church and through our, our Southern Baptist Convention. Father, we pray your blessings upon uh, these particular missionaries, and we just ask, Lord, for you to meet all of their needs that they have, keep them safe in your arms, and may you be glorified in the ministry that goes forth uh, through their efforts. Lord, bless us as a church as we seek to do missions right here also in our own communities. And Father, I pray that you'll help us as we reach out to share the gospel to those who are lost too. So bless us this morning, Lord, as we come to worship you. We give everything we have and everything we are to you, and we ask for your will to be done in Jesus' precious name we pray amen let me just encourage you especially at home you can go to our church website there at highlandbaptistchurch.com go to the far right hand side and click that give online tab you can do your online giving there you can do that in person even if you want if you want to put it in the envelopes uh, that are in the pews in front of you or at the wall or at the windows there, uh, you can put those in the offering plates down here. Uh, this is for your regular offering. This is for the Annie Armstrong Easter offering, and there's still uh, some of those uh, lying around. I did want to mention two things. Uh, one of them is in your bulletin. The other uh, is not. Uh, one of the things I wanted to mention, and Mike may even say something about this uh, sometime later, but we have the last Sunday of this month coming up will be our fifth Sunday dinner and sing. And so I want to draw your attention to that in the bulletin, but especially if you would love to sing uh, or even uh, play an instrument, uh, we would love to have you uh, do that on that Sunday evening. Just let myself or, or Brother Mike know so we can get you on uh, the schedule for that night uh, also. And then the other thing that I want to bring to your attention that's not in your bulletins but will be in the coming weeks is that on May the 7th, uh, we just want to remind you, we've not dropped the ball with the Uniting for Ukraine. That is still going on. Uh, we are going to be having a question and answer time on that Sunday night on May the 7th. So I want to encourage you to be here uh, to ask all those questions. And if you want to ask questions before then, you don't have to wait until then. Uh, you can see any one of our uh, mission team uh, members uh, and ask any one of them. Uh, if you're on our mission ministry team, would you stand for just a moment so people can see who you are? You probably know these people, but just want to encourage you, you see who they are there. Uh, be sure to seek them out if you have questions about anything uh, with that ministry. Uh, be sure to seek them out, and then we're going to have that question and answer time. And, and again, sharing the vision uh, for that Uniting for Ukraine ministry and what we're seeking for the church uh, to become a part of in that. So just wanted to remind you that that's going to be May the 7th for our evening service. So Brother Mike, you'll come. your hymnals and turn to 283 take my life and let it be consecrated 
Thank you for the beautiful leaves, but the pollen is strong. Take your hymnals now and stand with us or sing with the, the screen. I am thine, O Lord, 290. Stand with us and praise the Lord. We'll do all four verses, Tom. Children's Church. <laughs> I forgot to mention it. It'll be gathered over here by the piano side. So, uh, second verse, Tom.
Amen. And that is what we ought to be doing every day, is speaking the name of Jesus, uh, not just with our lips, but also with our lives. So take your Bibles this morning, turn to Mark chapter 12. Uh, we're going to be looking at verse 41 down through verse 44. I've entitled the message this morning, Give It All You've Got. And I want to encourage you, implore you to do that in your life as you hear this message this morning. So let's stand as we read God's Word in honor of His Word, Mark 12, verse 41, down through verse 44. And he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to him, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to this passage this morning, in looking at this last week of the life of Jesus, as he has come back to Jerusalem, and now this is the, the second time that he comes to the temple. Lord, I pray that as you show to us this morning through this widow woman her gift, Father, I pray that you will speak the truth into our hearts, bring conviction to our souls where we are not giving you all that we've got. Whether that's in our time, or whether that's in our talents, or whether that's in our treasures, may we give everything we have and everything we are to you. So, Father, I pray that uh, this message will also bring conviction to those who don't know Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. Lord, that that is the first step for them to give it all to you, is to surrender their heart and their life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, who has died on the cross for their sins, who gave it his all so that we could have your all. So bless us this morning through your word. And we ask, Lord, your blessings upon this message. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. Let me give you a statement this morning to begin with that I'd encourage you to write down. Here's the statement. It's not on the screen, so you'll just need to... I'll repeat it a couple of times for you. Personal prosperity is for the purpose of purposeful generosity. Do you get that? Personal prosperity is for the purpose of purposeful generosity. You know, one of the greatest problems for us and the downfalls that we have is when there are times of prosperity, many times are, those are the times where we begin to turn our backs upon the Lord. We think that, oh, I can, I can make it through myself. I have the resources to keep pressing through life. And we feel as if in times of prosperity so often that I don't need you, God. It's when we come to those times where we're not being prosperous, when we're maybe in a recession or in a major decline or we have some major tragedy that happens in our families and in our lives economically, that then... When we're not as prosperous as we were before, we start turning 
to God then, and oh, I need you now, Lord. And so that's why this statement is so true and is, and is applicable to where we are this morning in this passage, that personal prosperity is for the purpose of purposeful generosity. So today we're going to look at this story uh, about, Jesus, about Jesus that is so remarkable. First of all, it's remarkable because it even made it into the Gospels. And also because it didn't involve a miracle. Because what Jesus said was so remarkable and what Jesus saw was so refreshing, that's the reason it's here in the Gospels for us to read today. He saw the greatest example of generosity that anybody has ever witnessed. Jesus saw something this day as he comes into the temple for the second time after that great triumphal entry. You'll remember that the first time he comes in and he, he turns over the money changer tables and you, he says, you've made my father's house a, a den of thieves and it needs to be a house of prayer. And, and now he's come back again and he sees something this day that nobody else saw, though everyone was seeing the same thing that he saw. Have you ever been to the mall or been out to some place in a, in a shopping center or out in public somewhere, maybe just even to the grocery store? you ever like to just people watch? I mean, you, you see all kinds of interesting things. You see people behaviors. You see the way people respond to, to different things. You can even just sit in your car in the parking lot in, in some of these places and see uh, all kinds of things. You can see uh, sinful things. You can see encouraging things. Uh, it's a lot that you can see. Here was Jesus who's there in the temple courtyard, and, and there's other people who are there too, and they're seeing the very same things he's seeing, but they don't see it the way Jesus sees it. And so here's what I want to encourage you. When you begin to see things the way that Jesus sees things, you'll begin to see things that nobody else sees and see them in ways nobody else ever thinks about. Another reason that this is a really amazing story and that it even makes it into the Bible is because this woman does something that to the ordinary eye seems so small, so unimportant, so inconsequential, so insignificant that nobody in seeing what she did would have ever given this a second thought except for Jesus. In fact, only one person left that day talking about it, but because Jesus did talk about it, we're still talking about it 2,000 years later. And so I want you to see in this story yourself, because what was true about this woman is true about us today. It's true about what we have, about what we think we have, and what we do with what we have. So the question we're looking at today is that, uh, what I've entitled this message this morning, are you giving the Lord all you've got? Now there are several principles that we need to know that will help us to give it all you've got. The first is this, Jesus watches when we give. That's hard hitting when you really think about that. Because so often we do our giving and nobody else knows what you're giving. I mean, think about what happened this day. Jesus, he must have been really bored this day because he had nothing else to do. Because you know it's a slow day when you decide to go to the temple just to watch people put their offering into the baskets there, into the offering boxes. And that's what we see there in verse 41. It says, he sat down opposite the treasury 
So he goes to a specific place because he wants to see that specific part of what's going on in the courtyard there. And so he goes and sits down opposite the treasury in verse 41 and watch the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. So when you think about what's going on here, when you walked into the, into the temple, there was this certain section where the offerings were received. Jesus purposely goes to get a front row seat where he could watch what the people gave. Now that's unique because whenever Jesus was teaching or performing a miracle, it was everybody else who wanted to get a front row seat to see what he was going to do next. But we're told here that Jesus was looking for the front row seat. He wanted to sit across from the treasury so he could see everything that was going on. Now you could understand if this was some major event that was going on, a, a, a football game, a, a play, a concert, but this is just the offering. And Jesus... He's sitting there and he's studying what people are giving. I mean, think about that today. That would be kind of rude. If, if, if I was sitting up here at the front and I was sitting here watching the offering plates, uh, maybe I was watching online to see who's given today on the online giving. That would be kind of rude for us to do that. Uh, you'd be thought of as sticking your nose where it doesn't belong or something as, as a busybody would do. Here's a news flash. Jesus still watches the offering. He still watches what we give or what we don't give. Now, let me give you this full disclosure here as your pastor. I don't know how much any person in this church gives, but don't breathe too easy because Jesus does. He knows what every single one of us give. But notice here that Jesus wasn't the only one watching. Because the treasury here, the place of the offering, was a public place of deposit for the money that people gave to the temple. People could see who was coming. They could hear who, who, was, who was giving. It, it was a really fascinating thing to watch because there were 13 brass treasure chests called trumpets. They were shaped like inverted horns. Uh, they were narrow at the top. They were large at the bottom. In particular, rich people would throw their coins in in such a way that they would go round and round and round and make this loud ringing sound so that everybody could hear it, everybody could see it, and everybody could know, man, that person gave a lot of money. Uh, you ever go to the, to the grocery stores? I guess that's the place I see them the most, the, 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 the coin changers. Uh, you can put all your coins in, and it'll give you a receipt back that you can take to the register to get some cash for all those coins you put in. You ever hear those things? Clankety, 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 clank. It's making a loud racket of noise as you're putting it in. Sometimes you feel embarrassed as you're putting uh, all those coins in. Well, here were these individuals, 13 of these trumpets that were there, and they would throw their money in so that it would make this awful loud sound because they wanted everybody else to know that they were giving. That's why we're told in verse 41 that the rich people threw in large amounts. Uh, they didn't have to guess that rich people gave a lot. You could see it and you could hear it. In fact, it came to be known as the sounding of the trumpet. Sounding the trumpet. 
you can learn a lot just by watching people. And Jesus was very observant. He was watching what people were giving. He was watching what, uh, what he, he knew exactly how much everybody was putting in. He was very well aware that these rich people were putting in these large sums of money. Understand this, Jesus isn't condemning the rich people for giving a lot of money. That's not at all the point. In fact, the Bible says he loves a cheerful giver, whether the giver is rich or whether the giver is poor. Jesus isn't questioning the motive of these uh, rich people here. Uh, there are rich people who give with a good heart. Uh, there are rich people who give with a good motive. Some of the greatest charitable work being done in this world today is being done by rich people. Uh, the point that Mark is making here is that the Lord watches what we give. He's marking it down. He knows when we give. He knows when we don't. But that's still not the main point of the story. That's only one part of it. Here's the second thing. Not only does he watch when we give, he knows what we give. Look again at verse 42. So he saw what the rich people were giving in verse 41. They were putting in uh, large sums of money uh, into, the, into the offering boxes. That's the end of verse 41. Verse 42 picks up and says, A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins which make a penny. Now, as we said a while ago, this story would have never made it into the Gospels. We would have never known about it had it stopped at verse 41. Because there wasn't anything unusual about that. It's what happens next in verse 42 that catches Jesus' attention. It's what happens uh, that, that, that makes his eyes wide and his head turn there in verse 42 when he sees this widow woman coming through the line there, coming to one of these 13 trumpets, and she puts in two little small coins that barely make one cent. Talk about an unlikely hero. Understand this about giving. Real giving is sacrificial giving. This lady would have been looked upon in that day as a three-time loser. First of all, she's poor. Now, that word poor there means pauper. She wasn't just poor. She was, she was destitute. She was in deep poverty. So not only is she poor, she's also a widow. People would have known that because widows usually wore a very distinct clothing. Uh, her poor dress and her plain appearance uh, would, have, uh, would have shown her desperate situation. And these coins were all that she had, and yet she gave them in spite of her own desperate need. Thirdly, we see she's a woman, which in that day were, they were considered second-class citizens compared to men. But she makes the front page, if you will, of Jesus' news. Jesus is watching so closely that he sees something here that nobody else sees. Jesus sees her put in those two small copper coins. Now think about that. There's 13 of these things. There's a lot of rich people putting in their money. It's making a lot of noise. Her two little coins would have paled in comparison to the sound that the rest of those trumpets were making. All she had was those two little coins, those two small copper coins. We know in the Bible and, and other versions they're called mites. 
a Midas, a widow's mite, many times we've seen that before, a Midas small. It wasn't much. These coins were the smallest and the least valuable pieces of money in circulation uh, that day. The average daily wage for a common laborer was about 15 cents. These two coins that she gave put together were equivalent to about one one-hundredth of that amount. In fact, it was less than really one-tenth of, of a cent. Uh, nobody gave her offering a second thought. But Jesus gives it a second look. He's so impressed by what she gives that he calls his disciples over. Come over here, guys. I, I want to tell you something, what I just saw. And, and he, he, he goes, calls his disciples over to see what this woman has done. He makes a statement that I promise you made the disciples begin to question, Jesus, are you sure you know how to do math? Look at verse 43. And he called his disciples to him and said to him, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. So he's not just saying that she put in more than the guy who was next to her who was putting in a bunch or the guy way down here who was putting in a bunch. He's saying of all those, combine them all. And she has put in more than all of those. And the disciples are thinking, wait a second, Jesus, that doesn't compute. Let's pull the calculators out. This doesn't add up. So the bottom line is the bottom line. And there's no way that one-tenth of a penny could be more than all the rich people gave put together. Real giving is measured by how much a person has left, not just by how much a person gives. Notice, every single person who was there gave an offering to God. Both the people who had, is what we read in verse 41, and the poor widow who didn't have. The ones who had plenty gave more, much more than this widow. Their contributions were generous. But in God's eyes, the widow gave more. Why? Because here's the point. God measures what was kept, not just what was given. In proportion to what she had, this widow gave a larger percent. The others gave a much smaller percent. Because think about this. After they had given what they gave, they still had 85, 90, 95% left to spend on themselves. What she gave was a sacrifice. What the others gave wasn't. It didn't cost them. It didn't hurt them. They still had plenty left because they gave only what they could spare. But not this widow woman. Her gift cost her. It hurt for her to give because she gave what she couldn't spare. Understand this, that God counts also what we have left, not just what we give. He counts the amount of sacrifice, not just the amount of money. And so the gift that matters is the gift that costs the giver to give. When you give something to someone, it's not the size of the gift that impresses. 
I mean, there are many times as we were, our kids were growing up uh, that they would give us uh, little things that they made uh, for a birthday present or for a Christmas present. I mean, they would spend time on it, putting it together, making it for us, some picture or some card or something. And that meant more to us than if they had give us a $100 bill. That's what we're saying here. Understand this. It, it, when you give something, it's not the size of the gift that impresses, but the sacrifice the giver had to make in order to give the gift. So the greater the sacrifice, the more appreciative the recipient. She gave what Jesus calls a sacrificial gift. She sacrificed because she had to go without a meal. She had to give up something else so that she could give. Sacrificial giving, which is the kind of giving we as believers need to be giving, costs something. Sacrificial giving is giving when it hurts and, and when you have nothing left and when you have nothing to spare. And so we learn a lesson here uh, about generosity. The most generous givers don't necessarily or always give the largest gifts. Simply put, generosity isn't always measured by the amount you give. There's a difference between giving the greatest amount and being the generous, the most generous giver. Uh, a million dollars may be a dream gift. That'd be awesome if somebody gave a million dollars uh, to the church. That'd be awesome. But a tenth of a penny can also make you a dream giver. Talk about giving it all you've got. You don't get a pass if you aren't rich. You don't get a pass if you don't have nearly as much money as the next person next to you. What this poor widow teaches us is that you don't have to be rich to be generous. You don't have to have a lot to give a lot. So Jesus doesn't measure, as we see here, what people give the way we measure what people give. He doesn't look at the portion that people give. He looks at the proportion of what people give. He didn't just look at how much people put on the table. He looked at how much people had left in their pocket. We look at what's put in. Jesus looks at what's left over. So one day, we're going to find that some of the most giving it all you've got people, some of the most generous people who ever lived are some of the poorest people we ever knew. Understand that Jesus isn't impressed with the greatness of what we give, but the generosity of what we give. Notice the words uh, as we continued on uh, here. He says there in verse 43, as he called the disciples to him, he said to, the, to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. In fact, as you go on, it says in verse 44, For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had, to live on. So when it says there, she, she out of her poverty, that's out of her want, out of her need, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. She had a great need in her life. If she gives these two coins, these two small, insignificant to us coins, 
precious to her. She needs food to put on the table. She needs to eat. And yet she takes those two coins that she could have used to maybe purchase uh, some flour to make some bread to live on another day. She has a need for food. She has a need for clothing. She has a need for shelter. She had so little. She was the kind of person uh, who would have had to wonder uh, about seeking odd jobs just to survive in that kind of a depressed economy. Looking at her, a person could tell that she never knew where her next meal was coming from. She had nobody to care for her, nobody to help her. She's a widow. She doesn't have her husband who's working a, a job. Uh, we think about those today. Uh, many times in our families, we're working two jobs to make ends meet. She doesn't even have that. She's all alone. She doesn't have anybody to help her through. And you can just imagine the weight of the world seems to be on her shoulders. There's nobody who cared or even expressed care. It was evident in her appearance. But she knew something. She knew that people may not care, but God cares. So she came to God for help. She took of her need and she gave it to God. Understand, her need was financial. So she took what money she had, she gave it all to God. In essence, here's what she was saying. God, I've got a need. I need more money to buy more food. If I'm going to eat some way, somehow, you're going to have to provide it. I've worked as hard as I can at the jobs that I've been able to find. Here's all I have. Take it. Use it in your kingdom. You're going to have to take care of me. I remember when I was a little boy, me and my brothers, my mom was uh, single at the time. She was well-witted. Uh, my father died when I was five years old. She had not remarried at this time. She was struggling to make ends meet. And we want, she wondered where the next meal would come from. And she, she would pray and we would pray. And, and she had shared some of that with us. And me and my two brothers, we were, were going to break open our piggy banks and give her all our coins. I don't know what difference it would have made, but we was going to give her everything we had to help her buy food or buy clothes or whatever uh, she needed to buy to put food on the table for us or to put clothes on our back or whatever it would be needed for. Uh, I distinctly remember one day we had gone to town and we came back and drove up into the driveway at our house. And there sitting on the front porch was a bag of food. That happened many times, over and over and over. Because my mom learned to trust in the Lord. Lord, if we're going to make it, it's going to have to be you. That's what this widow woman had come to the place to realize. Lord, this is all I've got. I'm going to give it to you. And in giving it to you, I'm saying, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to eat tomorrow. But some way, somehow, you're going to have to take care of me. She knew this great principle that God will take care of those who give all that they are and all that they have to him. She took her need and all that was involved in it and gave it to God. And so here's this widow. Even though she was poor, gave to help carry on the ministry of God. This poor widow woman had a need. She gave believing God would see to it that she had all of her needs met, that food and clothing and shelter. Go back to that day in the temple. 
everybody would have applauded those rich people, said, yes, man, that's great offerings today. Look at those rich people putting more and more in. They would have applauded those rich people. Only one person applauded what the poor widow gave. But it was the applause to the only one that mattered. Jesus watches when we give. He knows what we give. Jesus calculates what we give, not just by how much, as we said, that we put on the table, but how much we leave in our pocket. Not just by how much the gift was worth, but by how much the gift really cost. By that measure, this poor little widow woman that day, she got an A plus in giving what she had. So not only does Jesus watch when we give, and not only does Jesus know what we give, here's the third and final point. Jesus evaluates why we give. So notice this poor widow woman. She becomes the hero of a story she didn't even know she was writing. We don't ever have any, any confirmation in the Bible here that Jesus went over and talked to her, the disciples went over and talked to her. She may have given her gift and left, never knowing that 2,000 years later we would be reading this story. Jesus sums up why he was so captivated with this woman who gave such a big gift. Read verse 44 again with me. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Once again, we're reminded there of just how poor she was. In the previous verses, it had said she was poor. Now she's described as being a person of poverty. Two completely different Greek words are used here, poor and poverty. The first word translated as poor describes somebody, as we said, who's totally destitute, a beggar. She may very well been homeless at that time. Today she wouldn't have been, uh, she would have been totally dependent on public assistance. But that second word for poverty basically means having nothing. And so when you read that carefully, it's saying that she really gave more than just money. Jesus said she put in everything, all she had to live on. What it literally says there is she gave all her bios. It's the Greek word bios there, which gives us our English word biology. And it means life. Literally it says she gave all of her life. Two coins, all of her life. You see, this lady wasn't just giving money, she was giving herself. She wasn't just giving all that she had, she was giving all that she was. And the reason why this woman could give all of her money to God was because she had given all of her life to God. That was the, the, the easy part for this woman was giving all of her money. It, it was hard because she, ha, she had given, uh, it, it wasn't hard for her to do that because she had already given to God all of her heart. So what really impressed Jesus here wasn't just what she gave, but why she gave it. It wasn't just the amount that impressed Jesus, but it was the attitude that pre impressed Jesus. So keep this in mind, that she wasn't going to get some tax deduction. Sometimes we give thinking if I give, I can count that on my charitable contributions when I file my taxes. Who loves filing taxes? I hate it and I'm in the process of doing that right now. So she, she wasn't getting some tax deduction. She didn't give it out of show. 
Not only did she not know that anyone was looking, but she probably would have embarrassed if somebody was. She definitely didn't give flippantly. And so for the moment, she carefully thought this through. Even though she didn't say it out loud, she was making a clear statement to God. Actions speak louder than words. And boy, did her actions ever speak loudly and clearly. Because when this woman gave everything she had, she was saying three things. God, I'm looking to you to provide my needs. God, I love you more than I love money. God, I live for you and you alone. This is where I want to ask two groups of people to answer an honest question. If you do give to the Lord's work, if you are practicing generosity, if you're giving it all you've got, why do you do it? See, the IRS doesn't care why you give. They just want their money. The mortgage company doesn't care why you give. They just want their money. Uh, the, the credit card doesn't care why you give. They just want your money. But God does care why you give because he doesn't want your money. What does he want? He wants you. He wants your heart. And so an even bigger question, and frankly to a bigger group of people, is to those who don't give. Ask yourself this question. Why don't you give? Why don't you give of your time? Why don't you give of your talents? Why don't you give of your treasures? Now, before you answer, you know, you may say, well, I can't afford to give. If we were to be honest, we would have to say we can afford to give. We just don't want to lower our standard of living to do it. We don't want to live without this or without that. If you have enough to feed yourself and clothe yourself and put a roof over your head somewhere and you have anything left over but you don't give to the Lord then you've got more than this woman ever had. If that's the case and we don't give, then we have to be honest enough to admit that it's either because we're not looking to God to provide our needs or we don't love God more than we love money or instead of living for Him, we're living for ourselves. All those things really mean is this. What you're really saying is this. It doesn't belong to him. It belongs to me. So let's put something into perspective. We're talking today about this poor widow woman. We don't know her name. We don't know where she came from. We don't know where she lived. We don't know how she died. But 2,000 years later, we still remember her generosity because she gave it all. So remember this, you're not going to be remembered by how much you made. You're not going to be remembered by how much you spent. You're not going to be remembered by even how much you saved. You're going to be remembered for how much you gave. This woman never knew what Jesus, that Jesus saw what she gave. She never heard what Jesus said about what she gave. But I guarantee you, the second she walked into heaven, the first thing Jesus said to her was, I saw what you did. 
And I'll guarantee you that every angel in heaven rushed up to her and said, so you're that poor little widow woman who gave all that she had. You know what's the greatest reason of all why we should be giving it all we have? Whether we have a little or whether we have a lot, because we serve a generous God, a God who gave his all for you. He gave his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross so that you could have the most expensive gift that we could ever have, eternal life. And he gives it absolutely freely. You have only one life to live, and you're going to live it in one of two ways, as a generous person or a greedy person. You're either going uh, to live selfishly or selflessly. Selflessly holding everything God has given to you with an open hand, or you're going to live selfishly trying to hold on to it with both hands. Real giving is giving it all you had. She, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Just imagine, she gave her living, not just part, not just a sacrifice, but all. She could have easily said what so many feel. My giving doesn't matter. My gift doesn't matter. It's so little. She could have said, I have so little. God will understand. He doesn't expect me to give it all when I can't even buy food. So often we lack a devotion and dedication in our commitment to God, or, or whether it's the commitment of our life or the commitment of our time or our gifts or our time or our talents, our treasures. We lack that boldness in giving and using what we have for God. The real measure of your heart is bound up in whether it's a heart that wants to get or it's a heart that wants to give. And the real measure of the value of a gift isn't how much worth how much it's worth on the table, but how much is left in your pocket. Whether it's two million or two copper coins, when Jesus came to this earth, he gave everything he had, including his very life. He left nothing in the tank, and he left nothing on the table. He gave his all for us, and we should give our all to him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your word this morning. Father, so often we have not been giving our all to you. Whether it's in our time or talents or treasures, sometimes we've been holding back because we feel like maybe it's ours. And we really don't truly live in our life as if everything we have is yours. Lord, help us to realize whatever time that we should have left on this planet to live for you is a gift from you. And help us to make the most of that time that we have. Father, help us to realize you have blessed every single one of us here with some talent in our life to use. No matter how insignificant we may think it is, you blessed us with some talent to use in your kingdom work. And so, Lord, I pray that we would give our talents to you. But, Lord, I pray also that we would realize this morning, just as this widow woman gave of her treasure, she was giving of her all. She was giving out of her heart. Father, I pray this morning we would give out of our hearts, out of the depth of our love for you and all that you did for us. What an example you've set for us. And, Lord, what an example this woman 
who nobody knows who she was specifically, except for you. One day, when we get to heaven, we're gonna see that little woman. And what a testimony she has left behind for centuries impacting people's lives about being generous in their giving, giving it all you've got. Father, I pray that that will be the testimony of our lives, that we would give it all that we've got for you. Lord, that begins with giving our heart to Jesus. So Lord, I pray that that's where we will begin this morning, that if we realize we're not saved, we would call out to you and say, dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I need to be saved. Jesus, come into my heart and my life and forgive me of my sins. I, I trust in what Jesus did upon the cross for me. He was buried in that tomb and arose on the third day. Jesus, save my soul and help me to live for you all the days of my life. Father, if someone's prayed something like that in their heart this morning, may they come to publicly profess that faith in Christ. But Lord, I dare say there are many of us who are here as believers already that somewhere along the way, we've lost the heart of being a generous giver. We've lost the attitude of giving it all that we've got. So Father, I pray that's where we'll begin, in a place of repentance to say, forgive me, Lord. And then, Lord, empower me, help me to live faithfully for you, giving it my all in my time and my talents and my treasures. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As the Lord lays on your heart, as we stand, as we sing our hymn of invitation, number 275, will you make your way and come this morning? Go to the mic. Be seated, if you will, Brother Bradley, come and share our announcements. Good morning. Um, I just want to make a quick announcement. If you are volunteering for VBS, um, we have a meeting next Sunday, the 23rd at 4 p.m. in the Fellowship Hall. If you could please be there. We'll be handing out t-shirts and decorations and some other things. So please be there. Thank you. We have a few prayer requests. Uh, Birdie Davis fell, and she's at Brookdale. 
uh, Leona Wells has an infection after surgery, and we have a deacon's meeting today. Uh, Tammy Strickland has lung cancer. That is Leona Ross's granddaughter. Uh, and then the WANA celebration, the sign-up sheet is over by Pastor Jim's office. So and I think that's all we have. Uh, let's just be dismissed. Dear Lord, we thank you for the day. We thank you for Brother Jim. We thank you for this church. Please go with us as we go throughout this week and just remember you. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you.